everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of Koki. I'm Nimrit. I'm Simran. And it's Harpo. So the title of today's episode is Being Fearless. And um, without any preamble, let's just start with a powerful question. So the question is, if you had no fear, what would you do? A lot of things. Be specific. If I had no fear, I would live my authentic life. And by authentic life, I mean, honestly, I would wear color because I wear a lot of dark colors. I wear a lot of black and gray and I don't know why I do that. I don't want to get too, what's the word, like too deep about it. (laughs) But I feel like I don't wear much color in life because I feel like maybe all my life I felt like I was darker than I actually am, but I'm a pretty happy like you are a person like when you say it like that it doesn't make sense why you wouldn't wear color in my brain i'm a dark person i would also wear my hair natural more to be honest love your natural hair would not be opposed to that yeah that's what i would do and i think it like in in my mind i love like i love seeing you know there's like a vibe of like women in Bollywood movies and they like wear like a fusion outfit or something and they wear color mm-hmm. and they're wearing like long big earrings and they're mm-hmm. like hair is natural and they're just like carefree and yeah. like really bold. That's what I would do if I had no fear. And my fear attached to that I think is like people judging me. Oh. Yeah. Andy, what would you do if you had no fear? So if I had no fear, I would sail around the world. I would Uh, stay in a forest by myself and um, write, but be alone. Um, So I think the thing that I fear is, I don't know if I could look after myself. I'm just too used to the trappings of civilization, of Mm -hmm. internet and cars and people around me. Mm -hmm. We just say, like, she's got a list out here on her phone (laughs) of things she would do (laughs) if she were adventurous. But there's so many. So I, that, so I think I must have a lot of fears, but there's so many here that I have. Oh, another thing I have fear around sometimes is intimate conversations. Mm-hmm. It's like, can I reveal myself to the other person? So fear of being vulnerable. And the, and the, the last one on my list is two weeks of a silent retreat. I think I might go nuts. Yeah, you've been talking I, about that for a while. If I couldn't speak. Yeah. Does that scare you, Harpo? Two weeks of silence? Yes, because A, I talk a lot and I'm very confident that I could not do it. B, because it's a scary thing. I've actually met people who have come back. I met somebody once who came back from a silent retreat and it'd been maybe like a week or two weeks. And they said that there's like a time period, I think. And I'm not sure if this is for all of them, but there's like a time period where you go into your room and you don't talk to anybody. It's just like walls. And it's quite like, you think that it's not as challenging, but it is because you're forced to kind of come to terms with things. Hmm. And it's a lot of like mental work. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit in my room by myself, not talking to anybody and having to think about things. Oh my God. And doing all that. Because that's just, I'm too scared to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my worst nightmare. Yeah. It actually rewires your brain. That's what I've heard from people. Mm -hmm. And I think, so the pattern I'm seeing around my things that I fear are being alone. So I think it's that silent retreat business and then being in nature, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and without uh, civilization around me. Another thing that I would do if I had no fear would be to tell people how I feel about them honestly. 
because I feel like there's a lot of fear attached to telling people how you actually feel about them. And I know that's a big thing for me. And that can be if I think that someone's a bit toxic for me or that maybe our relationship's just not working anymore. I feel like I just keep it to myself because the uncertainty and perhaps the conflict that comes around speaking up, I'm scared of. I'm scared of that conflict. Same. Yeah. But what I find is, and I do that too. Mm -hmm. And what I find though is that you just set yourself up for more trouble later. Definitely. Because then that person keeps doing the same thing, right? And they don't know any better. And it's your fault because you haven't told them the things that are not working. I completely agree. I think it is your fault then. And sometimes I have to tell myself that what's happening to you is your fault. Or like the only person who's going to help yourself is you. Yes. So related to that, what I would do if I had no fear is ask for what I want slash need slash deserve slash require. Right. And this is kind of a tangent, but we actually last, like, you know, before this podcast episode, I think a couple weeks ago posted... Um, a a book recommendation for the subtle art of not giving an F. Mm -hmm. And actually in that book, there's a part where the author says that you have to start seeing yourself as the, the, to blame for everything that happens in your life. Do you remember that part? Yes. Mm -hmm. Where like you blame yourself for everything that happens in your life, because if there's something that's happening to you, it's because you're allowing it to happen to you. Yeah. 100%. That's That's why I see you put yourself into trouble. Mm -hmm. And, and he feels, and maybe it's something about being women. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something about being brown women, mm-hmm. but um, when I grew up, I grew up, children were seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the men around the family made decisions. They're the ones who talked. I know when I went in and worked for the first time, it was so hard for me to say anything in a meeting. Yeah, me because, too. Because, right? Mm-hmm. But you weren't even brought up in that way and you still no, had that. So what was the like, socialization that was happening? I don't know. Again, I, th- I think it was the people-pleasing firstborn thing was part yeah. of it. But I'm still like that. Like with work, especially I'm finding right now is the area where I don't ask for what I need or want or require. So what are you afraid of? Because something's holding you back. I don't know. I like, I would say that I'm afraid of people say of them saying no, but I'm also like not really because I'm already assuming that. So I'm not even asking in the first place. I'm telling you it's your inner fears. It's, it's yeah. the saboteur inside of you, yeah. your inner critic. It's just kind of like a what's the point voice. And it's just like deal with it, figure it out. You're you're figuring it out as it is anyway kind of thing. But then, like you said, I get myself into more trouble because then suddenly I'm like really struggling to figure something out. Or I end up being the one who gets too stressed out Yeah, when it doesn't need to be like that. So it's kind of like the fear makes you smaller. It holds you small. I see that in mm-hmm. a way. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else are you afraid of that holds you back? For me, it's, I like people to like me. Oh my God, God. me too. Me too. I love it when people like me. Isn't it? I feel like it's one of my best qualities if, like, I mean, I think a lot of people (laughs) like me, but then it might not be. It might just be something I've, I think in my head, we're like, oh, people love me. People might not. Yeah. And that bugs me. I think I, I always want to be helpful. Yes. I want to be useful. So, like, again, in my job, like, I'll do everything even though I'm not, I don't necessarily, my role isn't to do those things or, you know, like, I would just take it on because then I'm seen as useful and that's where I find my, like, quote-unquote self-worth to an extent sometimes is, like, being useful. Mm -hmm. And then now, like, I've been there for a while, so people are starting to notice that a little bit more and it feels nice when you, when you get noticed for that. But then at the same time, what is it costing me? 
stress. Yeah. Right? And what you said something there, I want to underline self-worth. Mm-hmm. So this is a way of external validation, mm-hmm. right? So people like me, or you, know, you please people, or mm-hmm. that's your self-worth. But in the end, it's costing us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, living smaller, I see that in myself. Because then I don't say the things that need to be said. And part of my job when I teach is to call people out and excuse the language for their bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's call out people for, you know, the things they say that, that's like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Or the view that they hold of the world is is just so jarring. And someone needs to wake them up and to see, you know, how they're holding themselves back or how they're judging other people or how their opinion is affecting things around. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't scared, then I would say those things. Mm -hmm. There's a really big fear that drives everything I do in my life. And I feel like I learned this a really long time ago about myself. So I have two really big fears in life. The first one is like a funny haha fear, which is like earthquakes. And that's not funny, but to me it is. I'm afraid of earthquakes. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I was afraid of electricity. I'm not going to lie. So I had a presentation at my elementary school once by BC Hydro and they told us about like how to be safe with electricity. But the way that they did it was kind of like inciting paranoia in 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 me because it was like they showed like this like very gruesome video of someone being electrocuted. What? And they like essentially what they did was like they threw like a hot dog on a power source or something and then it burnt and you could smell the burning and they said this is what happens to your flesh if you get electrocuted (sighs) and so I actually when I was younger I had like an outlet next to my bed and so I would put like a pillow against the outlet because I was just afraid of like sticking my fingers and electrocuting myself so those are like the like the the fears I feel like I can talk to everybody about crazy yeah but the one fear I think that drives my entire life that I don't necessarily talk about and it's been a long time since I've established this fear is the fear of a mediocre life. Mm. And it's a lot of like, I don't want to have a very, like, what's the word? I don't know what the word is, but it's just like a very like simple life. That's like, I don't want to go through life and then look back and think, wow, I had such a mediocre, boring life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a word that I can't think of right now, but I always just, think of it. You don't want to have regrets? Not even regrets. I just want to do like really cool, dope things in my life. And I don't ever want to have to live up to the expectations of people around me. And so I don't ever want to be in such a vulnerable position where I feel like, damn, like I really let that opportunity go or like I didn't fight hard enough for what I actually wanted. And then you end up living a very like mediocre life. Yeah, I feel that too. And like the way I think about it is not living my life for me. Mm-hmm. that's mm. probably one of my fears but it's very similar right and it's it was always things like I don't want to do the same thing every day it was a lot of like I want to live alone I want to live here and I want to do this and I want to have an exciting life so that's like a fear that drives my life mm-hmm. and something that I constantly try to push down but then it's also cool too because it helps me try explore, new things yeah explore yeah. new things mm-hmm. when I was growing up um, there was the Cold War. That's how old I am. <laughs> and so I grew up fearing nuclear war. Mm. And I used to have n- nightmares. And I was in England when um, the you know they were having all these demonstrations against the cruise missiles. I don't know what they were called. But I used to dream about our world burning up. Wow. Because I had seen what it looks like, you know, uh, for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That's how I grew up. 
And that fear went away for many years when you know the people denuclearized. And now it's back <laughs> since Trump became president. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of nuclear war again. Like, wow. yeah. you know, with what's happening in the world. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting how certain fears that you had when you were younger can, like, get triggered back, back up again by certain events in your life. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. So I'm really curious. There are some things that you probably were scared of in the past, but you've overcome that fear and you're doing that now. What are some examples of those things? Adulting. <laughs> Shout out to the last podcast episode. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. Get, get specific. Graduating, getting a job, being a real adult. Like, I was excited for those things when I was younger, but was also really afraid of them because I didn't know how they would happen. And I think a lot of those fears just come from, like, overthinking and trying to grasp and like set out perfect plans and like if you don't know what you want in one aspect like it's like okay well now I can't have a plan at all so it's just it's very illogical sometimes you know Mm -hmm. irrational yeah Yeah. these are irrational Mm -hmm. fears that we're talking about yeah so some of the things that I do now that I was scared of in the past was uh, traveling for my work Mm, I remember like seven years ago when I first had to go somewhere. I remember. It took me three months to book my ticket. (laughs) Or, you know, like, it was so difficult. Yeah. Just going from the airport to the hotel and and delivering the workshop and coming back. Mm -hmm. And and I do it now without even thinking about it. I pack in half an hour. Sometimes I'm packing, you know, the taxis waiting outside. (laughs) It's like Mm -hmm. so different now. And it just isn't a fear because I've done it so often. Right. So that's one way to, to get over the fears is just to practice, just to do it again and again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to just accept that it's not that bad. Like, mine isn't that deep, but my biggest fear as a kid was dogs. Mm. I was so terrified yeah. of dogs. Like, if I was on the sidewalk walking and there was a dog coming towards me, I would cross over to the other side. Mm-hmm. And if I went to a friend's house and she had a dog, the dog would have to be put away. Now I have a dog. <laughs> I have a really big Rottweiler. And how did you get over it? I don't know. Honestly, I think what it was, um, was my cousins, they got a dog. You know, they got a big German Shepherd, good mm-hmm. Our cousin, my cousin, Sim's friend. That's how we met, hey. Um, but they had got a dog. And I think having a dog around me since the dog was a puppy really helped. Um and I'm sure there's a metaphor there somehow of like, and then after I got my own dog, you know, and I think the metaphor is like, you know, when you know something from its like conception and then it's like there in front of you, maybe you're not that afraid of it anymore. And mm-hmm. I think having Jackson in my life really made me less fearful of dogs. I can walk by even the most vicious dog now. And like, I mean, I do move over because I'm not a stupid person, but I'm not afraid of it anymore, you yeah. know, and it's beautiful because, uh, you know, Jackson has taught me so much compassion yeah, and yeah. I love him so much, but it's just crazy how I sometimes can't believe how terrified I was of dogs before. Yeah. It's the same with us. Like my sister got a dog and we love that little pooch to death. Like mm-hmm. yeah. it's the cutest thing in the world. So I think there's also something to be said about embracing fears and accepting them and understanding that a lot of the things that you're afraid of are just inevitably part of life. Um, Something that I'm thinking of is um, the fear of losing people in your life, like the fear of having people that are close to you that you love, like having them pass away. And I think that comes mostly for me with when I think about like my grandparents and when I think about um, some of my like 
elder uh, aunts and uncles eventually like this is really bad to say but they're all gonna start falling off like dominoes like eventually it's going to happen yeah and I think if I get consumed and engulfed by the fear of losing them I think it's going to be really really bad and just maybe switching mindsets from being fearful of those things and just embracing them as everyday things part of life will help you enjoy the moments you have with them now mm -hmm. otherwise you'll live your whole life being afraid of the moment they're not there right and you're too busy consumed you're too consumed yeah by the fear you're right what you're both pointing to is i think the the thing we've been talking about all along which is these fears are irrational Mm -hmm. like you're fearing something that hasn't happened yeah Yeah. that might happen in the future Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but could also not could also not it could happen in 10 years time but we're using and consuming our energy worried about it now and we're not living fully in the present moment Mm -hmm. so it's actually holding again it's holding us small right it's holding us only capable of certain things and I think that's the thing that we have to overcome in a way. I think there was something you also said, Andy, in a, I think maybe our first podcast. And I swear to you, I've been thinking about it ever since. And it was something about how you're either living in the past or living in the future. Yes. And I think so many of our fears in general, not just the three of us, but fear in general, comes from our past and comes from the future a lot Mm -hmm. of our anxieties around what we're fearful of come from something that has happened to us or something that we learned or experienced and how that carries into the future but we're never actually being impacted by it in our present except for the fact that our minds are consumed by it yes and again so it's irrational the mind's going it's like the monkey mind it's chattering away at you inside uh, and there's a beautiful sunset and you're boys right in front of you and your grandparents are right in front of you but you're not enjoying them because your mind's chattering away at you so i think one of the things we can do for ourselves that really helps us to live a full life is to get rid of the monkey chatter of the mind Mm -hmm. and just force yourself to come back to the present moment Mm -hmm. and that's something that that i'm having to do you know i had that scare with my mom just four weeks ago now and i have to come to terms with it Mm -hmm. yeah one of the things I'm also coming to terms with this. Like, I've had a fear since I was young of going blind. Wow. Really? I know I'm laughing. It's not a laughing matter. It's the funniest thing because I I got glasses when I was nine years old. Mm. So my eyesight started failing at nine. That's pretty young and I didn't think too much of it. My glasses just got thicker and thicker. (laughs) And I have some horrendous photos of when I was a teenager with my glasses. Yikes. And then I had detached retinas when I was 20, 21. So I've had two operations on my eyes and there are buckles at the back of my eye. And I actually don't have vision in my right eye in the middle of my eye. Uh, why didn't I not know that? You knew that, honey. You've just forgotten. Mm, so that, that happened. <laughs> you blocked it my out. My mom might go blind. I'm just going to block that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because my other eye compensates and everything's fine, but I've been having these migraines now. They're called migraine visual equivalent. So it's a migraine at the back of the head. So I don't get a headache. But my vision is impacted. Mm. So I lose vision. Wow. And it's, it's, it's like my worst fear is becoming actualized in the present. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I'm dealing with right now. And I know that the only way for me to get through this is to stop and listen to my body. And not make it about, oh my God, going, going blind. But it's to make it about, okay, what's my body trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. I need to slow down and listen. Yeah. Right? And then it becomes, it becomes more of a thing which is life affirming. 
I'm slowing down. I'm listening to my body. I don't do the gazillion things I used to do. Mm-hmm. I take so many more breaks and rests and I relax. Right. Mm-hmm. And so so it's helping me yeah. you know, live a fuller life. Mm-hmm. If I don't give into it, if I give into it, my life becomes smaller and smaller. It's so important for us to recognize our fears and then either we can take those fears and be productive with them like you, you know, you're saying that that's a fear of yours and because it's a very strong fear, you're going to now govern your life in a certain way that doesn't feed into that fear and doesn't that fear doesn't become a reality. The other thing is to recognize that, hey, my fear has got me 50 shades of effed up. And I think that's for me is to go back to what I was saying about my fear of not having a mediocre life. It puts me into overdrive and I start to measure myself based on how productive I am. And that's toxic. That's not okay. So it's okay for me to want to live a nice, fulfilled, you know, happy, adventurous life because I'm afraid of having a mediocre life. But then I also have to recognize and take on responsibility and trying to figure out how that fear is actually being harmful to me. That's so true. Mm hmm. So what are some things that right now you feel that you fear, but you're doing them anyway? Booking a one-way trip to Australia. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a big life change. That a year ago, I would be like, hell no. And maybe it has something to do with time and doing things enough or thinking about them. I mean, sometimes overthinking is bad, but... I feel like in order to get comfortable with things, I have to like kind of go through all the different scenarios. And that's probably fear driven. Um, But even then, I think I partially conquered some of the fears and also am letting them some kind of drive me as well at the same time. Um, Yeah, so that's a that's a big life change. And I'm still coming to terms with it, I think, at the same time. Um, But I'm okay with that. And I think I've accepted that I'm allowed to have a transition process. And you're allowed to make a decision, go through with it, and still have a bit of fear remaining. Yeah. yeah. There's no way to make a perfect decision. That's what I'm realizing, is that you can't always do things the right way the first time all the time. And what is the right way? Yeah, there is no right way. How about you, Harpo? I think a fear I initially had was when I started to pursue like the um, gender sexuality women's studies kind of realm of academia I felt like a lot of people around me were telling me that there might not necessarily be job opportunity or there might not necessarily be a future in that realm of things and a part of me started to feel fearful because I felt like I enjoyed doing it so much but I was scared that it Mm -hmm. might not necessarily take me to where I wanted to be and that I might not necessarily and I mean obviously like there's external things too like people whispering in your ear but I think internally too I felt like is this ever going to be enough for me is this going to fulfill me in the way that I've envisioned myself being fulfilled in my life but I'm doing it I'm still doing it it was a fear that I had to just get over Mm -hmm. and I think that's what it was it was just diving headfirst into it yeah. Which is funny because I can't swim, and that's a fear of mine. <laughs> How <laughs> ironic. Yeah. Um, I, I'm listening to this myself speaking this podcast, and I'm such a scaredy cat. Aww. But, um, yeah, I'm just doing it. It's just something that I feel like I'll eventually just figure out. So one of the things that I'm scared of, but I'm doing anyway, is this Cool K podcast. <laughs> Remember when we yeah. first started? Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I'm being visible. All these people are hearing me, and they don't know me, and I don't mm-hmm. know them. I was so fearful of being judged and 
what can I say? Yeah. Can we swear or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I found is, again, just through the process of doing it, first of all, having these two young women sitting next to me who oh. <laughs> hold my feet to the fire and say, of course you're going to do it. Of course you're going to post a photo of yourself. And I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm loving being able to have intimate conversations, real honest conversations and impact people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say that there might be other fears out there because I'm noticing our fears are very much not survival fears. Right. You know, like we have enough money. We live in a safe country. We are, you know, doing what we want with our lives and mm-hmm. our jobs. We're not scared for our lives or for a person. We're not scared to speak our truth. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people out there in the world or even in our community who are not in that place. Yeah. So I just want to say that what what I would love people to do is speak with each other, you know, find out what's the thing that's holding people back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speak to your parents, find out what are their fears, because they have fears too. Mm-hmm. And as much as you can is support each other, listen, and support yeah. each other to overcome those fears. Right. So we don't yeah. stay small anymore. There's also a really big difference between fear and comfort zones. So, you know, there's a line I would say between your comfort zone, um, a zone that you're not necessarily sure of, and then there's the zone of like discomfort. And I think that sometimes it's okay for us to step outside of our comfort zone. And that can be scary. It's not necessarily like fear driven in the same way that we have like, I think very concrete fears in life. But sometimes comfort zones um, can be nice to step out of. And mm-hmm. I think that when, when you're stuck in your comfort zone out of fear, I think that's a very dangerous place to be. I mean, yeah. there's obviously certain things that, you know, will cause discomfort and they're not necessarily good for you. So maybe you should stay in your comfort zone, but also like try to push that box, right? Try to get out of your comfort zone and try not to let, again, fear consume you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those little steps help a lot. Yeah. And what I think is that when you when you're, stepping out of your comfort zone and you feel the fear instead of being scared you can think wow that means i'm alive i must be up to something big or something great because i'm stepping out of my comfort zone and the fear is actually just informing me that hey you took a big step yay you Yeah. yeah yeah and that you're growing like fear can also be a big indicator of the fact that you're growing like mm-hmm. sim this one way ticket to, to australia <laughs> is going to be scary as shit but yeah. it's it's you're growing you know yeah. and when you come out on the other end of it and i'm not just speaking from experience it's going to be such an incredible feeling mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna be wild that's for sure so here's what i'm wanting for ourselves and for our audience Look at your fears. Don't let them make you small. Step outside of your comfort zone and take small steps like Simran said. And in one year, you will be a different person because you took those small steps. And isn't that what life is about? Mm -hmm. Learning, growing, trying new things. Yeah. And if you need to start somewhere, look at yourself a year ago. Yeah. I actually, so I've got a, a story to end this with. So I just found the other day a letter I'd written to myself in 2016 and it was written to be opened in 2017 and I actually opened it in 2019 because I lost the letter as usual. <laughs> and I read that and it was me telling myself it's okay to uh, give up my job, to start my own business, that my life will be okay. 
And in 2019, I'm living that life right now, people. And my life is okay and it's better than okay because I took that step. I gave up a job and stability to follow a dream and create a business. And here I am today. Conquering your fears one step at a time. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 